Off the ball. Rugby. So there's a Bronco fitness test. Keenan holds the record in rugby full stop. Second is Bowden Barrett. Wow. So like that's the level of freak of fitness this mm. guy is. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. OTB GAA. Hello there and you're very welcome back to the football pod. It's a Monday. The evenings are getting that little bit longer and the big dogs we're all out in force this weekend. We had Shane McGuigan kicking 11 points. We had Conor Callaghan kicking 7. And we had David Clifford with that buzzer beater against Mayo. Talking to big dogs, I've got James Donahue and Paddy Andrews with me. Oh. Hello, fellas. Hey, Tom. Good segue. Good segue. <laughs> How are things? All good in the hood. How are you? Good, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm good. I'm good, yeah. How Busy are you, weekend. Tommy, actually, yeah. Tell us about yourself. I'm very well, lads. All is going well at me. We're not. How's the new we're job? Not going to linger on that. <laughs> Busy. Busy. I'm in Dublin in the morning. Uh, oh. There is a big launch on integration of the association. So oh. if you want to get into that right now, we can. Sounds Croker. Who's what's interesting? Is the, the ladies and the clothes. Mary McLeese under GA. Yeah. It? So it's it, oh, it's then. an updated. We're going to figure out what the story is when when this is going to start motoring because there's been a lot of talk about it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually looking happen. forward to chatting to. Uh, on former Uchtaron Mary McAleese tomorrow. Wow. And nice. Might ask about Casement and how that's motoring along because we got an update last week that Casement is on the way back. Started so, today. Uh, or did, it, was it right? did I read that? Yeah. Building work started today. What yeah. a stadium so, that's going to be. What, how many seats are movement this week? 40, I didn't is check it? that, James. It could be around 40, yeah. Or maybe it's 30. It's, they're, they're, it's for, they're getting the Euros, aren't they? Does it have to be above? It has to be above 30,000 to get a UEFA. 28,000? We do yeah. have a lot of stadiums, don't we? No, like that, high ends. That that would be. This would be the Belfast, best, probably. That yeah, like that would be a great stadium. Thirty-four thousand five hundred capacity stadium. So look at after the Euros, we can worry about filling that up afterwards. But obviously, it's going to be a huge home for GA in the north, and maybe some Ulster finals will obviously go back there. Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to so. it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be great, and it's needed up there once it gets done. Mm. So that's tomorrow, and then. At the weekend, I was at uh, the Fitzgibbon Cup final. I'm not sure if you saw the scenes in Abbey Dorney, but Mary I upset the odds. Your photo got a lot of coverage, T, of Jamie Wall and Podge. Mm. You, got a lot of co- yeah. you got a lot of coverage ah. over there. I never Fresh knew they were such good friends. Ah, the first cousins, yeah. yeah. They would have been very close growing That's up. class. The, the Great walls, photo. Uh, Jamie's, I think Jamie's youngest or youngest brother, Philip, he's actually in Cratlow at the minute, staying with uh, Colm and Kate Collins was it? in college. Yeah, so they'd be very close. They'd, all, they'd be very close to Collins in the walls. So. Was Jamie over um, them when they won it the last time? Jamie would have been a selector in 16. Selector. He would have been playing in 13. He would have been, a, when they got to their first final, when they won their first, he was a selector uh, in 16. And then he was manager in 17 when they won their second. And then seven years later, he managed them the whole time since. Seven years later, uh, he's led them to a third title. Lads UL were raging favourites. They were going for three in a row, which hadn't been done since... Who was the big dog for UL? Like, who were the main men? Conan Coughlin from Limerick. Um, you've got yeah. Mark Rogers from Clare, young herder of the year last year. There's a class of them across the board. Yeah, yeah. Jason Galan is Aaron Galan's younger brother. He's in goals for Mary Eye. Yep. This he scored a goal at the weekend. You want to see this lad? He's he's unbelievable. And uh, big Limerick derby. A yeah. <sighs> couple of very good Clare players as well that I caught up with afterwards. Dermot Ryan from Cratlow and Shane Meehan and Adam Hogan. So that was fun. And then we get to you're busy. Saturday. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Went to Tralee. So see what happens when you ask me what the crack is? You love it yeah, down in Kerry, this is. You're down in Kerry, all the time. minutes of the pod is gone here. Like. <laughs> enjoyed it. Enjoyed it in Tralee, lads. I enjoyed it. But it was saved. The day was saved. The, James, were you at the game? I was. 
I know we didn't. I know we didn't catch up. We didn't. But uh, we were both in the same vicinity. We were both busy. I was working. You were enjoying yourself. You were in the pints again, Jimmy, were you? Well, I had to have a couple to celebrate a good weekend. Nothing major, you know. Just enjoyable yeah. few to finish off a weekend. Casual, yeah, casual drink. Few casual ones. Great day. Kerry winning last minute. Cork will be in the Talton now, realistically. Come on, man. What Ooh. is the story with this lovely relationship with Cork? <laughs> what is, they, they were so, they loved it last year. James Dunhu's Cork. They loved it. They the didn't. bounce you gave them. The bounce? It's just, no. It's evaporated this year. No, last year I called it straight. I said, I reckon they'll have a kick in them towards the end of the year. This year, though, they have just fallen completely flat. Completely flat. And the fixtures they've had to lose yeah. to Lowe's and Cavan, and if Fermanagh next, if they if they don't get the win against Fermanagh, they're gonzo. Because they'll still have Armagh to play. And then even if they get good results against Kildare and Meath, they won't have enough points on the board. So it's well, literally it, it, do or die. It, the way it's padded out, Jimmy, you've got to say Kildare look on the base of what we seen yesterday. Kildare are doomed and Cork, Cork, Cork are doomed gone. as well because they're, they're running out of time. Like they've, they've played three games already, they haven't even mm. they haven't even looked at getting getting going. So you you need five. You probably need five points to stay up. I, I will make one point, lads, and I, I do get all the doom and gloom around the two of them. But you mentioned Fermanagh Cork this weekend. Mead are playing Kildare this weekend. Mead, Mead are down. Just, good they, win. Just about, like, it was a great yeah. win, but they did their best to lose it as well. Like Just about got over the line. It was really good second half, Paddy. I watched it closely. Really, really good second half, but it was very poor up to that. But just to let you know, they aren't they aren't dead and buried yet, Cork and Kildare. No, I don't think, they're not. I don't think Cork. I think Kildare, the way they're playing, Tommy. Like, we'll talk about Kildare now in a few minutes. You know, Cork have probably they've been tight in a couple of games, barring the Donegal game, which is... They were blown away, but we've seen Donegal kind of have Donegal seem to step ahead along with Armagh and everyone else in that division. Cork, they could say they could have beaten Loud, they could have beaten Cavan. They're not terrible performances. The results are going against them. Whereas Kildare on the other side are getting whopped every time they play. Like they look like they're definitely gone. Like Cork can still prob- possibly nick it and get four points and stay up. The point I was going to make is. If Kildare do beat Mead this weekend, Paddy, and they've beaten Mead the last two years, when three years, and they've needed to beat them, if they beat them, it's, and I just say Cork beat Fermanagh, it'll be Kildare yeah. two points, Cork two points, Mead three points, Fermanagh three points, and depending on where Loud Cavan goes, you'll either have Loud on two points as well, it's tight or Loud and Cavan yeah. on four. So it's very tight at the But bottom. teams aren't beating and Donegal, and teams aren't going to beat Armagh. So you can rule out those fixtures for teams like. If they, they're not getting the points off them. their final group game, they'll have already seen promotion. And you see this with Derry and Cork last year. It could be a second string team for both Armand and Donegal. That could be a good time to get them. I agree. Maybe. Now. Maybe. Okay. If you get them, this like they're the two best teams in the division by far over the first three rounds of the league. But you could get them in round seven and the rest of everyone. And you might make a win. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. But the, the state of Munster at the moment, like there's only going to be one Munster team. State of Leinster, Jimmy. Leinster's not too hot either. Like, Jesus. Yeah, but one Munster Just team is Sam McGuire, possibly. Like. Round seven, Cork play Armagh and Donegal are home to Mead. So interesting point you make there, Paddy. Let's see what happens. Mm. You, you assume, and anyway, I know Donegal and Armagh play each other this weekend, which would be a brilliant game based on what we've seen so far. Armagh were really impressive yesterday. Donegal, big scores again. Fuck, Jimmy mm. McGuinness is, those boys are motoring. Uh, they seem like they'll steamroll away from everyone else. So that is, that could be a little sneaky advantage for me and Cork on the final day in the, the normal group games. 
It's worth keeping an eye on. Before we get back to Kildare, because we are going to get to them quite quickly, and we did cover them extensively last Thursday. They're in the they're in the glare at the minute. I want to just go back to Tralee, James, because I kind of started this podcast with a bit of a bounce, a bit of positivity, because some of the good football we saw at the weekend, maybe it's the fact that Mead won. But really, I was so excited to go to Kerry last week. You sold Why? it to us in the pod. Because James sold it to us, Paddy. He sold us on Thursday. How good this game was going to be. James. Well, bad. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. The crowd, the crowd were there for an hour and a half beforehand. The stand was full. I reckon they were knackered because it never, it never got going. <laughs> it never got going atmosphere-wise either. Game, for 20 minutes of the first half, we had nothing. It was awful, happen. yeah. I think it was slow build up a lot of lot of men behind the ball. Mayo didn't risk well actually Mayo did kick away a lot of ball to be fair, but they got a lot of bodies back, both teams, and it never really got into a flow of attacking. I thought it was going to get into that kind of physical turnovers with just bombing on and ball breaking everywhere, crashing, that kind of Mayo style where everything is just off the cuff. And I thought the Kerry would thrive on that. But it turned out to be different. Both teams played kind of cagey. And it was only in the last 10 minutes when everything was on the line. Like the club scenes I'd seen all through last year, it was only when the game was on the line that it really came alive. And yeah. I must say, when when Kerry played Derry at home and they had the ball with 90 seconds to go and we had a shot at the post and Shane Ryan actually had the shot. So he gave, and went wide, gave the ball back to Derry who came down and got got the winner. This time, Kerry worked it far nicer. Paddy Clifford had the ball in midfield, took his time, stood still soloing the ball to just get get the time right, make sure they were happy with that, make sure they wouldn't give Mayo another chance after Kerry did have their attack. Brought David Clifford out the field so he could start his run from there. He got a touch in midfield. Got a touch in midfield so he could come late onto the run because if he started inside, he'd have three on him, pulling and dragging him. Got it, got it through the hands of Paddy, Shawnee, David Clifford, and eventually the space opens up for David. I would say that the defending was poor, but from a Kerry point of view, well, the way they manufactured the that? score, the whole world knew what Kerry want, no, no, I, I, wanted I, I, to I do. Get that. The whole world knew what but, Kerry wanted to do, and it was one man to get on the end of it. And for them to leave him yeah. exposed one-on-one, and where he was exposed one-on-one, realistically, just to the right yeah, side of the top of the D. But if you, if you look, that's that's it was stiff breeze. I, I think it's anyone but Clifford is not getting near kicking that score. Like, like, do I you reckon? Mayo do a whole it was, wrong. It's phenomenal from Clifford. Conditions, Jimmy. Like, you look at that and you say, oh, that's easy. There's a big wind there as well. Like, no, I, lots of players were struggling with that. And Clifford, mm-hmm. like, it's, he has to kick it over, but it's not terrible defending I, by, by Mayo. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's I, kind of just accepting, fuck it, genius and Clifford again. Like, I know, but I suppose maybe where the damage was done was letting him get his hands on the ball in the first place. Yeah, you know, like, if he has it, you're under, like, under pressure. We're, we're yeah. talking about going back again to that that kick out thing when you're when you're up in the last minute and the opposition has a kick out and you're grabbing a fella and you're saying you're not yeah, fucking yeah, getting it anyway yeah. definitely not you of all fellas but yeah, I, th- oh, 100%, yeah. I think that Kerry will be very happy how they manufactured it and in fairness to, to David the amount of clutch scores he gets is reckless it's no flukes oh, but that, that's funny. the thing about a great player where he goes right now's my time we're in the last Michael minute Jordan. all the other stuff kicking five or four during the rest of the game that doesn't get his his 
fire going. It's kicking the clutch ones in the last minute to win it. I think that's that's do just you, unreal. Do you remember just before half time when I think Kenny and Burke had a poor wide and there was a couple of poor wides in a row? Yeah. Clifford had a very similar shot at the very end of the first half. Yeah. And it dropped short. Mm. With a bit of a braise. Yeah. Yeah. Is, that, is it just that surge of adrenaline and he's just able to embrace that moment at the end, James? Like, Because like, it, it isn't a fluke that he's the man, whether it's a club or county, that's always getting that buzzer beater, we'll call it. Mm. Well, I suppose really he's pushing that buzzer beater, aren't you? Like, are you trying to break that phrase at the G? I want to bring in the buzzer, like yeah, the ladies' football at the end of the game. fucking tweets about this buzzer beater. <laughs> like, you're really pushing. I got a bit of grief eventually saying it, it's not a thing, but it is a thing. Like, it's okay. the last kick in the game. Yeah. Yeah. If you well, keep using it enough, maybe it'll sink in. I think that the Cliff is such the standout player in every single team he's ever been on that he's always carried that almost burden of expectation. But he doesn't use it as a burden. He uses it probably, he enjoys it. He's probably so used to it that he just knows, right, it's my time. And like, it's just it's, it's just great to see him, Ferris. And a great a great kick. Like, not an easy kick last minute. Your legs might be heavy. Oh. It's going into the wind. Put it up in the air. Let it come in nicely. But, um, no, nah, the way that Kerry worked that score, I thought, was impressive because that's what's going to, that's what's going to come down to. Like, I was trying to think back to the All-Ireland Final that Kerry lost to Dublin and how they would have got on there if, if Kerry were a point down, would they have been able to work that shot? Do you know? I think you need that nearly takes a year or two to actually to perfect where you, you, you you've enough it, enough done I to do it. They got they got clear. You remember Critley Woods towards the end uh, in the fourth quarter of the honour of the final, he gets a couple of shots over towards the Cusick stand side. So just the radar was a little bit off from him. Yeah. You know, but, you know, this was spoken about a lot in the media aftermath the honour of the did as probably well as anyone can do on him. But Clifford still had opportunities. Yeah. You know, and that's I, I think Kerry did work the ball reasonably well in that honor of the foil, but just it was one of those days for Clifford and he's not gonna have many of them where his radar was just a little yeah. bit off. Um but but Saturday night again like that's like say it wasn't it I, I watched a couple of games over the weekend. There, there's a lot mm. of huff and puff in lots of games. You know, Tyrone Galway in particular. I was at the game I got out of Crow Park straight after the final whistle at Dublin Ross Cobble game. Go home and watch this on the telly. The games are tight. I, I hear you, but that little bit of quality that, that Clifford had, like that was the standout moment probably from, from the weekend in terms of yeah. just a it moment of, of just, just brilliant stuff. And for Kerry, it was a really good win for them as well. You know, they disappointed with their opening night defeat at home to Derry, uh, but they went really clinical up in Clonus, dispatched the ball him pretty handily. Good win against Mayo, who've been one of the top teams in the league over the last two years, and it sets up Kerry this weekend, Saturday night in Crow Park, a brilliant game, Dublin Kerry again, and both teams seem to be finding a little bit of form as well, so it sets up a brilliant game this weekend, but I think Kerry, to win a game that way against a team like Mayo, um, aside from, from Clifford's magic at the end, I think Jack McConnell be very happy with that. Mm. I think just the way they managed it, sorry Tom, no, just the way they managed the time, because I think it's very important that you not only do you get a shot off, you don't give the give the opposition yeah, the chance to, to, to yeah to go again because you're almost like yeah you're celebrating yes I got a score and the team could have the ball kicked out and down the other side of the field by the time you're even yeah. you're even realise what happened but it's interesting then when you look at the at the Tyrone Galway game and how Tyrone it's Her, like they didn't Her even know wasn't it that game but say in the last minute I don't think they even knew what was gone on the clock it, I was like kick it shoot 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 he's going to blow it he's going to blow it up. And they just kept recycling. And I was actually happy enough in the end that the ref blew it up because they turned down two chances to, to shoot at the posts and just ran out of time. 
I think like they were even they were a bit closer. Now again, windy conditions. You probably don't catch it on the telly, but it's a tricky here. I think they were struggling into that goal uh, uh, for the whole both teams. Yeah, at the, in, in each half, like we seen it very famously with Derry and Donegal in the championship two years ago. I think it was David Caldrick the ref that day, Tommy. Where Derry of the ball. Oh, Paddy, you love putting me in the spot, pal. I can't remember. No, I, I, I thought he'd I, know that. No, a, you should know that. Time. There was a, a big David Caldrick, great need, man, great need, legend. Um, but it was at the Duddy yeah, goal. Right. Our, our Derry were trying to work the shot. And because it was a yeah. championship game, and Coldrick just goes, lads, I've given you fucking two minutes here. Yeah. I'm blowing the whistle. You've had opportunities. You haven't taken it on. I agreed. I thought they had opportunities to be a bit more direct. They didn't take it on. The ref was entitled to blow the whistle. Throw fans were obviously a bit uh, hostile towards Joe McQuillan at the end of that game. But you're right. They had opportunities going across the top of the D and they didn't take it on. Um, I suppose maybe, maybe it's a bit of an experience from Tyrone or maybe it's just... They didn't get the ball to their David Clifford to uh, yeah, kind of him uh, was gone off as though he probably did make it. Up. Yeah, to, to get the shot to someone, or if McCurry was there, you, you know, I agree. The t- you want to get it to your your killer at that mm. point. Tyrone didn't do that. They kind of faffed around a bit. They probably, like you said, but kind of gone off. They didn't really have a shooter on the pitch, so they could have been there for another five minutes. And Joe McQuillan just said, "Right, that's it. Blow it up." I thought that was. I didn't think that was a great game, lads. You know, we said no, the no, struggle through the division. They were poor. I spoke about I kind of gave them a bit of stick after a performance against Derry the week before. Like it wasn't great on Sunday. They, it, was a, it was a good win for Galway. If you look at Galway without Walsh and Comer, then they lose Conroy. Uh, it looks, only looks like a dead leg, to be fair. And Kelly was only on the bench. I get it. No, he Kelly came on. Comes out, but yeah. He came yeah. on, yeah, but he wasn't starting. And then Matty Tierney as well, who was, that, that's arguably their five biggest players. And at different stages, they were missing all of them. And they were under pressure. The slow start for Galway this season. But to go up there to get a win, um, it's a big win for Joyce. They have Derry this weekend. So, at home. Um, Massive game. Interesting to see, see where Galway are at. Um, Will the boys be back for that, game. I wonder? No, they're not. They're not back. They won't, they'll no, miss the next two look. games. What are the injuries? Maddie Tierney, Maddie Tierney looked bad. Oh. Like he was carried off. Conroy just looks like a dead leg. But, it, you know, it's, it's week on week. Whether... You'd imagine he'd be okay to play, but Galway definitely are going to be at full strength. And Derry, out of all the teams in all the divisions, seem to be streets ahead. Um, oh yeah, they're flying yeah. at the. But yeah. you know who was Which very good for for Galway the weekend was Johnny Heaney. I yeah, thought very good. every time there was like a big breaking plays, yeah. ball, he was in there. He was dirty, and he got up he for his two scores as well. Yeah, up lovely spitters, which is not Beautiful really. Points. I wouldn't have him down for that. You know, that little bit of stardust. But you need to chip in with them from 10. You need them. It's so key. Oh, no. I agree. But he doesn't. That's If you say Johnny Heaney, that's not. No. You don't think, oh, a little bit of silk. You know, you do think of, yeah, he's got to win big balls, turnovers, key on transitions for Galway. But he came up with some big scores as well. Beautiful. Mm. The outside of the ride as well. Um, He's he's always at that in the locker. Yeah, yeah, I must but say. Like, yeah. You're not hanging your hat on that, you know what I mean? No, no, but, no, that's sorry. But what I mean is, he's always had a, that. A game. But that it, it was brilliant. Yes, yeah, um, no, he was. And then Carl Sweeney's goal was obviously the, the key score. But Galway, like, without, I think the whole game was just a lot of, like, say, huff and puff from both teams, you know, a whole pile of quality in it. Um, Galway, particularly without their five front liners, at least that's the positive thing for Joyce to go. We've got to win away from home. They have a really tough game at home at this weekend. But they're on three points now. Can they pick up a few more points? They stay in Division 1, and that's without their best players. So mm. that's the positive spin. For Tyrone, it just looks, like we said it, 
I think it's going to be a tough year for them. Mm, it looks like it. Yeah. Um, I had a question on Mayo, but I think I'll save it for Thursday's pod. And I also think we'll be talking about Monaghan and Roscommon on Thursday's pod. That's a big game this weekend. Both sides are in a sticky situation. One of them surely is going to end up going down, even though that uh, that relegation battle in Division 1 seems to have dragged Tyrone certainly into it. Dublin are still on two points. Galway on three. But, Paddy, Dublin looked to be back motoring quite well at the weekend. Conor Callaghan certainly yeah, threw the shackles off. I, like I said, although Dublin were beaten in Castlebar, I thought I, I was happy with how they performed. I thought it was a good performance with Dublin. They probably could have won the game. Saturday night, what was really, um, it's been a tough week, obviously, for, for, for Dublin, um, for Dublin GA as a whole, and particularly mm. for, for, for the players trying to prepare for a game. We, a lot of the uh, ex-players and, and people who have been involved with Dublin over the last 10 years we were all at the game there was a bit of a thing on for, for Shane O'Hanlon's family uh, and his wife Mary so it was just a really emotional event but particularly for, for, for the players that to try and go out and perform it and get you know an important league game after a slow start that they needed to get a result so I think Desi alluded to that I think Khan spoke after the match as well um, so it was brilliant for Dublin to get a performance to get a result under those circumstances but um they were good, I thought. Roscommon weren't bad. First half, really clinical. Uh, they seven from seven. and They were kind of hanging in the game. Dublin were a better team throughout, particularly second half. Roscommon looked a bit flat on Dublin's power. and That kind of intent in their attack and play. Khan on the square is obviously a big help. You know, it's he, he didn't reach the heights that we know he can towards the end of last summer. And even we, the first game of this National League against Monaghan, you know, he, he didn't look as sharp as he can be. I thought he was better against Mayo, but he was he was on the square on Saturday night against Roscommon mm. and Dublin were, were looking for him. He scored seven points. He actually has a couple of misses as well. Um, it was his best scoring return. He just looked threatening. And he Dublin were looking for him. It was real intent to Dublin's attack and play. The big work on, like, their scoring percentage was, was way down. And I've no doubt they're going to look at that this week. Particularly, you know, they need to convert a lot more when they play Kerry this weekend because... Some were was just poor execution. Some was just bad shots, particularly in the first half. And that was keeping Ross Common, uh, keeping Ross Common in the game. To be fair, so but in terms of their attacking style, defensively, Theo Clancy, who we, we spoke about, uh, he's impressive. Full back line. It was a different challenge from he was on Enda Smith at times when Enda Smith went inside. He was Mark Murta as well. Very different challenge playing against those guys in Crow Park than Aidan O'Shea at Castle Bar, but he was really good again. It'll be uh, it'll be another step up on Saturday night against the Kerry full forward line, but there's positives for Desi Farrell. Brian Howard got game time, Sean Bugler. So a good win. Like I say, they're still only on two points and they have a tough game this weekend, but I think both Kerry and Dublin will be happy at where they're at so far and it sets up a, you know, this was both teams were benign this when the league fixtures came out. This is a marquee game in the National League on Saturday night. And I think both teams are in relatively good form coming into it. So I think it's gonna be a brilliant game. Looking forward to going into that this weekend. James, did you see how frustrated Davy Burke was afterwards speaking yeah. to TG Carr? It is. Um we have trained sixty five times and we have had our full squad together zero times. You can blame club, you can blame colleges or whatever you want. That's a big problem. Now, I'd say he was just in the moment, but he said, we need all those boys to be training tomorrow morning. Mm. Now, 
He's had Some a few classics mean. and interviews in Ferris to David Park. He does. He does. He does. He does. He does. He does. Yeah. Now, the first thing what on that. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. Go on. Give the me, first what, what are you thinking? Red flag is 65 <laughs> <Okay>. training sessions. <laughs> we, We're in maybe February. he means. Whatever maybe he means. means. Whatever he means, I don't care if you're saying on the field, in the I gym, can, whatever. Can all be pitch sessions? No, okay. well, to give, whatever it is, to give context, you're still seeing for the sixty-five times. You must be sick of the sight of each other already, in terms of freshness and the upward trajectory of the group and your energy levels. You've trained your ass off already. You're nearly sick of it. Sixty-five sessions. I'm trying to do the maths here. How many times were they out a week? If, when were they, they allowed back? Were start, if they started in November, that's five sessions a week. From Dublin. And is it, Paddy, would that be a surprise to you in terms of what Dublin would have done during oh, the six in a row? Of us, yeah. Oh, yeah. 65 sessions by the time the All Ireland final came around. <laughs> we had, um, no, no. In terms of like, contact, not, not training, not training. Uh, 65 sessions. Se- I, I don't think that's on the pitch. I, I be, it, it can't be. It can't be. There's, there's no way they've trained five times a week on the pitch since November. That, that they couldn't be, possibly that, have trained. That would be insane. Obviously. So I think the context there, that, that probably includes gym sessions and, um, and, and probably you know, reviews or, but, or but, meetings. Yeah, exactly. Or but but if you look, Ross Common, because wasn't this mentioned, someone mentioned this one, was it Mark McHugh was involved at this Sunday morning thing, they were doing this last year as well. And you remember they had a really good league campaign last year. I think they finished third in Division 1. Yeah, they're, they were, very they were impressive. Going, they're going really well. Um, <laughs> so as you go with the same approach now, I, I I agree with Jimmy. When I seen that, I thought that's that doesn't sound great. That that's <laughs> we're in the second week of February. <laughs> and you're talking about sixty five sessions. I so that was the first thing in Davy Burke's defence, right? Um, it is difficult for for counties with smaller playing pools. And Colm O'Rourke got on to this with, with Mead as well. That when you don't have that vast number of players at your disposal, this is a difficult time because the Sigurdsson Cup is on. St. Bridget's, if, if one of your key club teams gets an All-Ireland one, which Ross Common obviously have at St. Bridget's, you're missing the, the, the core of those guys as well. Um, so, so I can understand Davy Burke's frustration. You know, it's not really an issue with the likes of, of a Dublin or Kerry or even maybe Tyrone, where there's bigger playing pools, where you can absorb that. If you're missing players through club, like, like with Dublin, for example, there's loads of players. So the club players, whether it was Kilmuck or Croaks or Vincent or Jordan Arthur, we're just gone. We're not going to see yeah. it. Sigurdsson yeah. Cup, UCD, DCU players, we're not going to see it. Most yeah. Common probably don't have the luxury that to be. But they don't. Most Common have the, probably 30 players, 35, 36, maybe. But they're probably pushing it with those lower... And th- that's, what was, player that's panels, what, yeah. so, so I can see why yeah. Davy Burke is frustrated there and he's going we're in Division 1 we're trying to be competitive we're up against it here and I'm missing these players and they've been uh, uh, like they were well beat the other night I, I, I thought Dublin were, were comfortable and like that was Dublin not really in top gear definitely not in top gear and missing a lot so in the heat of the moment and as James said he kind of he maybe has a bit of previous with this he might have said a couple of things, but I can understand his frustration around that with the lack of access to players. But I, I do look at that going 65 times by the second well, week of February. I think a lot of that was the kind of the general consensus from everyone from the outside looking in. Oh, Jesus, that, that doesn't sound too, too hectic now. I'm sure he's well sourced. Um, and I'm just going looking for it there. And I actually came across the headline, but a different headline that I mentioned. But Brawley's column on Sunday uh, had the in it that Jimmy Guinness got the Donegal boys together for their first session. Oh, I re- actually year. did read this. I read Brownie's thing this week, yeah. It was a beach session. Yeah. And he had them together. Collecting. Every day since. 
every day for the next 53 days. What? Well, do you... Jim McGinnis. That's believe, not, that was... Do that's, people that's believe... That's what had no, like, Broly, I'm, I'm, I'm not questioning... I'm not questioning Broly sources here, but I'm just saying... <laughs> That's not what I'm Joe saying. Broly Joe had said, it on Sunday. Joe Brawley has said things about Dublin which are absolutely categorically false. Yeah. Not a bother. Really? Like but, what? Oh. You were throwing out things now about a lawyer who can come for his body. No, speech. but you tell him. So like, Brad, he said things like, I was talking to this guy and this happened. And it's like, that is just not true. So, pinch of salt with what Joe was saying. There. At what stage in that but article did he mention Pat Gillard? I'm not questioning <laughs> Joe Brawley here. Paddy Andrews, former Dublin footballer. Did he mention Pat? Maybe. Did he mention well, no, Pat he, every, every two sentences? It was... I actually had a little chuckle. I think it finishes with a little chortle at the end. It was a uh, Dublin. Dublin wouldn't insult themselves by trying to win the league or something. It was just like yeah. such a brally um, article. But I did see that with, with McGuinness. Um, and, and like for and is that too much? Is that overkill? Given that you've but, probably been but, there before. But if you take a new, new manager belts, and this is this is what I'm saying with Davy Burke last year, his first year mm. in Ross Calvin, he they were doing all this Sunday morning stuff. They're flat out, and they had a really good energy about it. That intensity of of training, mm. of relentlessness, contact, all that time, that has a shelf life. Yeah, that, that is why every uh, strength conditioning coach in terms of on the pitch stuff, every experienced coach, you're talking about uh, training loads. You're talking about peaking at the right time. With Dublin, we, we had gym for years. We all knew each other. We didn't need to have that level of intensity. And we never would have at that stage of the season. Jimmy Guinness is a new manager. There was a lot of surgery needed on that Donegal team. So he had to go in from the get and goes, I need to see you lads every day because it's been such a fucking car crash. Did Gilroy they, do that? Pat would have done that. All right, Bradley. Pat back in, this is, you have to remember how bad Dublin were. You know, when, when Pat came in back in 2009, like they've been whopped by Tyrone, nowhere near an all Ireland. So, so that team and the group needed heavy heavy intensity and training yeah okay um, but Davy Burke is in his second year now that I would look I looked at them yesterday and they just look flat so the new manager okay. bounce and it's going to see every day we're going to do all of this players are like yeah let's do this I would say if you look at I looked at those Ross Coleman players on Saturday night Crow Park and they look like they fucking okay. looked like they trained 65 times yeah. in the last two but months. come here on, on that right you said one red flag James did you have another yes this was my second one he had a list the he fact, a list the that, fact right. that he wanted to tell everyone they've trained 65 times was my second one yeah. like why let that cat out of the bag yeah. what, like who needs to know that and why say it that was my other question on it it's like we're training so hard we're trying so hard and then the final one was I think that they might be the type of team that it's all let's work harder, work harder, work harder. Whereas if they took a step back, maybe it might they might get better rewards from it. And actually, it might be a few tactical things. But sometimes you get so engrossed in more training. Let's get up at five o'clock in the morning and run up a mountain. It's not you know it's not good. training harder when you're that elite in terms of your fitness isn't going to give you that much reward. I think that it could be a smaller thing of freshness, tactical work that will give you yeah. a bigger bounce in that situation and I, keeping I mean, everything I more do. in-house. Don't tell everyone. Everyone now is saying, the lads are training like dogs and they're absolutely bang average and it, and they're going to lose a bit of <laughs> lose a bit of fear factor around you or a bit well, of that. Did you have, was there a fourth red flag? I have a red flag you haven't mentioned. 
No. Oh God! Oh. David Burke is getting filmed. <laughs> <laughs> right, just defend. I was giving context. You did. Semi defending him. No, and I, and I think like, I think he is just I a bit d- off the cuff with that. Yeah, uh, go I on, need Paddy. to see. All, I need all these boys training tomorrow morning. I like, feel like that was just hmm. throwaway. Come, they couldn't. I, no, I think I, the whole I, thing. I, I, I think throwaway. But I, yeah. I didn't like. I, I was like, going, what are they going to do tomorrow morning? Like? Yeah, no, I know. But he did say that last yeah. year with Ian and GA going an interview. It was a case of everyone togs the morning after a game. Was that what it was? I, yeah, I, I, I definitely remember he's, okay. this Sunday morning thing, and everyone yeah. was there. But he said it to us. A GA got fucked. He said it. Maybe Mark, Mark had him yeah. say that they were favourites for the Ireland. <laughs> I was honestly <laughs> comedy goal. That didn't do. Uh, Mark I, was I saying about Frank I can tell how passionate you are about this. Um, mental burnout that is obviously a topic would you have like been a vocal uh, element of the dressing room rallying against all these collective sessions when no you Jesus no would you no. constantly rail against this no absolutely not and whatever you're in you're behind it's only if we're on the outside we can poke holes and all this stuff <laughs> <laughs> once you're in there you're fully bought in and you're supporting yeah. it like any any fellow who goes yeah. against the grain is no good to anyone to next time okay. <laughs> times as well particularly experience about it like you had did you play you played under Jack did you, you started yeah. under Jack did you yeah you did we obviously we pat in the gym like it would have been uh, when a group was kind of comfortable and experienced it would have been a bit of two way like like there's times where we would have been we're, we're thinking of doing this what do we think and the players would have had genuine say and gone we're not feeling we're going on holidays next week but, but yeah. maybe not to that extent, but there was definitely <laughs> no things, There was definitely things where we would go to the coaches, and this was kind of the I suppose the respect, the mutual respect between both the players and the coaches. Going, but this is not for us this week, this, mm. and 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 it would be listened to, and it would be actioned. You know, that's yeah. you've got. There's no one like at this level. You're not. It's not like a fucking pub team where lads are taking the piss, and we don't want to do that because we're going on a night out for a couple of days. You're trying to be sneaky with it. Everyone involved in all of these teams at this level wants to win and be the best. Yes. Um, yeah. So if someone comes to you and say you're telling me Ender Smith goes to David Brock and goes, I am wrecked. I like. I can't try it tomorrow. I'm sure that will be listened to. You know, of course, like no, no, he's not looking for he's not looking for short yeah. or anything like that. It's about that communication between the managers, the, the groups, and we, we definitely had it. But there was, we this was planned to happen, but we're not feeling it, and yeah. we change it. Mm. But yeah, that, I, I, that of course would be a thing in across the board. I would say, but the thing with Ross Common yeah. is, it seems like it's not just one or two heavy weeks here and there. It seems like the whole system is flat to the mat. Like, so it's hard to go to your manager and say. <laughs> This whole thing is a bit heavy, you know. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine if you're saying, "Come here, this bank holiday weekend." I'm not sure about the Monday morning session, but this seems yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. across the board. Okay, well, we'll 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 keep an eye on it, and it's obviously a massive game next weekend, which we'll talk about on Thursday. That's in the hide against Monaghan, is it? Yeah, that's a big game. I, I like a big game for the big game for both of those two. Whoever, a big game for you, Paddy, the to team to watch. Yeah, right <laughs> I didn't know they've been fucking training a hundred times a week. <laughs> Jesus, Davey, you could have told me two weeks ago before I said you might have a good season. Jesus Christ. Speaking of bodies being short, it looks like Monaghan have only like five or six players who played in the semi final last year so um, against Dublin. So we'll see how they respond this weekend to hide. Let's just get through some of the results, lads. And there's so much to talk about. We could have done a bloody three hour pod this week. Lucky we have two. 
So Dublin 119, Roscommon 112, Kerry 16 points, Mayo 15, Derry 317, Monaghan 13 points. And we didn't really get to talk about Derry this week, but lads, they have cemented themselves, and don't jump in here because we don't have time, they have cemented themselves as All-Ireland contenders. A stat from yeah. Michael McMullen, Mickey Hart has now used 35 players this year. He gave a debut to Unimal Holland at the weekend who had a great campaign with Glenn. Um, so look, impressive stuff there we talked about Galway's 110 to 12 points win against Tyrone Sean Kelly's back in the pitch going to come back to Division 2 in a moment in Division 3 down in Westmead are both on 6 points down pulling off a 115 to 16 uh, derby victory against Antrim they will meet in Ulster as well uh, Westmead bet Wicklow without their manager Oshie McConville by 113 to 10 points uh, Sligo also bet Limerick they're having a decent league campaign so far and then Clare lads we're nine points down with 18 minutes to go against Offaly. And they came Save back it. and won by a point. A sensational yeah. comeback. Offaly actually had a penalty in the last minute that just went over the bar as well. Um, but that was just a remarkable comeback and puts Clare in a fairly decent place when there's a lot of pressure on given the changes that's gone down there. In Division 4, Carlo, uh, two, uh, Leash 214, Carlo nine points. That was a big win for Leash. Justin McNulty out afterwards saying that he hopes the issues can be ironed out around his job, that this is a constant issue in management across the country. And to be fair, uh, it looks like that Saturday in Stormont was a rarity and he should be able to make this happen. And hopefully Justy can <laughs> make it happen. He was in uh, Dr. Cullen Park yesterday as well, sitting beside the, oh, new, the new president of GA. Yeah. This oh, week, Jared Burns is going this week. Yeah, the yeah. induction is beginning this week. I think it's, there could have been something in an event in Silverbridge today. So yeah, uh, that'll be interesting this week. And um might try and get Jared on the pot at some stage. Oh, uh, London, 1-8 to 11 points draw against Tipperary. Cara Healy from Leash with a late equaliser for London. Waterford put on possibly their best performance of the year so far. But Longford finally got a win after their Upburn Cup uh, success earlier this year to 16 points to 13 and I don't know if you saw this lads I did. but Andy Moran finally got a slice of luck uh, yeah. Leitrim I still my team for Division 4 and, uh, 2-9 Le- Leitrim had a sensational start to this game Ryan O'Rourke with two early goals they were flying Wexford caught them Wexford were two up James I'm not sure you saw I didn't Do you see uh, it, just, I'm just checking the I'll, table there th- I'll send it to you they're going okay, but Wechter won the softest. It's a very soft penalty, you'd have to say. Um, oh, I did see that the high ball in. Shocking, yeah. absolutely Shocking. awful decision. Yeah. Wow. Do, do you know what's so surprising? Fairness. Right? In fairness, no, really, there's no fairness there. No, no, no. There's no fairness, Tommy. There wasn't the even a hint of a free. Will like, will not, when it's that stage of a game, they'll go out of the way not to make a game yeah. to find a call. They'll fudge it like. And it'll, you'd need to literally need manslaughter there on the square mm. for a free to be given. So so odd that the ref gave it. And, and then you look at the replay, what's he actually giving? Couldn't wait to give it. Absolutely insane. Like if you're Wexford, and that's like that puts Leitrim in a really strong position now to get promoted. Mm. Uh, but for Wexford, like if they hadn't got a win there, like that could have a big bearing on on who goes up from Division Four. Brilliant, like say a bit of luck for Andy and Leitrim after. They've been due. They missed out on that after a couple of penalty defeats. But for Wexford, oh, you will be raging. Jeez. Very similar to the, to the, I suppose, the square ball, the controversial square ball we were talking about with Claire last week. A result like that can really swing your season. And for Wexford... Swing the league. It's so tight. It's like. Such a sickener. Yeah, absolutely. But Ryan O'Rourke had to bury it, and he did. So he scored Patrick, a hat-trick Patrick. of goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very, very impressive. Um, Division 2. James, I don't know who called it. Did he? 
at the weekend. The Division of Doom. The Division of Doom. So we, we know how good Donegal have been. We'll leave I actually that. called all the games last week. Armagh. Hockey Kildare 216 I want to get Paddy We won't do it for next week though because the, the fixtures this weekend are absolutely impossible to go Sorry Tommy go on um, Paddy Kildare t- just, just now because we are going to talk about Kildare Mead on Thursday's pod because that's another massive relegation game But to reveal yes, Turnick O'Brien said it on commentary on Radio 1 He said Kildare this is about 20 minutes into the game and I can understand why this makes sense he said, Claire aren't as bad as the scoreline suggests, Ooh. but they have what problems. What stage of the game was this? 20 minutes. He then went on to hammer them. Can I just they finish? Can I finish Turlock? Will you get Turlock on the pod then? The Can I just finish Turlock's point? He said, they're <laughs> losing it now. He said, they aren't as bad as the scoreline suggests so far. They're not playing as bad, but they're not functioning in attack. They can't get a good shot off shot off and they're not functioning on their press of the Armagh kickout they're not functioning no. on either side they're pressing both kickouts so Kildare uh, in very bad places yeah up top and in defence or is it all over Paddy all over the place um, okay. or all over the pitch um, and there was a bit of chat last week um, because it was alarming Kildare's start to the season and we are just seeing the results without actually probably seeing as much of them in, in person so the fact that they were on Live game at the weekend, and we see the reaction of kind of general media, social media. A lot of people are watching that game yesterday because you're expecting this to learn our man, two good teams. It's going to be a good game, and it was it was a bad, bad, bad day for Kildare yesterday. Um, I wanted to get a handle on and just get see why are they in this situation? Where is it going wrong for them on the pitch? Is it their attack isn't functioning? Is it their they're too leaky at the back? Is it their attitude or intensity? It, where is this falling down for Glenn Ryan and his team? And you look at every fundamental aspect of the game yesterday, and it was, oh, it was bad across the board. Um, in a, like after the first quarter, the two four to three points down. So that's it. That, that point is made. So the scoreboard was reflecting exactly how bad they were. Um, like their own kickout, Mark Donald chips it short. Armagh, reminiscent of Mayo a couple of years back, really good. They were set up to pounce on the second ball. Let Kildare kick it short and then swarmed them. And physically, athletically, Armagh were just streets ahead of, ahead of Kildare. They turned over, sloppy turned over, uh, I think it was Old Doyle, uh, the Kildare wing back, into Conor Turbot goal. So easy. At the other end, Armagh's kick out, okay, what are Kildare trying to do here? Like, Joe, Mac- Joe McElroy gets a point after 11 minutes. Uh, just so symptomatic. Short chip out from Armagh, a couple of hand passes, kick pass up the sideline, and he just streams through a goal. No one tracking him. No contact from any Kildare player. This is 11 minutes into the game, and it just fisted over the bar. And it was like, Jesus. It was like, it just looked. Don't when you see at this level, a score that just looks, that's too easy. What, what, how has that happened? And you look, I actually rewind and go, watch from the start of the play. It was like, oh my God, you will be tearing your fucking hair out. Groovin's going is similar. Groovin's going. It was like, it just looked wrong. How is at this level, does someone have that much time in the ball? So, so the intensity, Kildare just looked, they look like a team completely and utterly devoid of confidence. And they have good players. Like there are, the players in Kildare are better than what was shown yesterday and has been shown today. But across the board, 1 to 15, they are, there is zero confidence in that team. And up front, I, I like Derek Irwin as a forward. I think he's lots of positive attributes. He's strong, he's direct, he's fast, he can score. We've seen it with Nace, we've seen him there in the past. 
like I think he was zero for six at one stage. I think he ends up scoring a point out of seven shots. But like this, you you can if you're an inside forward at this level of the game, you just you cannot be that erratic. It's your shoot, and it was like I'm just going to keep shooting. And he's looking around. Like, is anyone else going to say this to him, or are they going to work a better score? Ben McCormick, who normally chips in with scores, our man just shut him out of the game. He ends up getting taken off. That's what I mean. Like, like even Kildare's better players are just seem so low on confidence. The basic skills are evading them. But you talk about the structure of the team: both kickouts, disaster. Attacking game, disaster. Full back line was absolutely. If the poor lad, I think Shea Ryan, the fullback, he gets whipped off after 20 minutes. Um, they were absolutely wiped in their full back line. They weren't getting help from out the pitch either. But you're looking, if you're Glenn Ryan or Kildare supporters looking in at this going, where's the positive for us? Uh, uh, people outside the camp are going, how is it going so wrong at Kildare? Yesterday, everyone, it was <laughs> national TV, got a look at this. You've seen the reaction on Twitter. It's the last what? thing they needed, wasn't it? Really, yeah. For, for their perspective, you didn't want a game on, on national TV, but <clears throat> it was all over the pitch. Defensively, wide open, attacking-wise, just so blunt. They scored eight points the whole game. Like, bad shots, skills, like, so poor in their skills. Their handling, their kick pass, and their decision-making. And then what happens when a team is so low on confidence, they just looked unfit. They looked so flat. And I'm sure that Armagh, McGeady's teams, if you like this with Kildare and with Armagh, they're always unbelievably fit. They're physical, they're strong. But Kildare look like they've just gone back training this week. And I know they haven't. But the, that oh, sense of yeah. when a team is so low on confidence and they're, they're being beaten, everyone just looks lethargic. It's just every single aspect of the game was such a failure for Kildare yesterday. And that's, we are talking about Cork at the top of the show about relegation. Cork at least are getting, they, they possibly could have got, Kildare, Cork could easily have four points on the board at this stage, but the Loud game and the and the Cavan game going their way. Kildare's performances are what I'm looking at going. They are miles up. They looked like a, they looked like a Division 3 team yesterday. They looked, fuck, I thought it was like Division 4 team. Really, it was that bad. But so, yeah, you mentioned the Cavan pair. Yeah. Like, it's massive for them, but it's the offense of the chairman, that type of shit last week. Well, even Glenn Ryan, obviously, after we won't get into it now because we, we, yeah, do, we don't have time again, to get into it. But Glenn Ryan, was, not great. Like, it just didn't read good, like no. even the manner in which he was questioning uh, the reporters reporting of the events without having listened. But he, he was trying to brush it off and he just he wasn't he brushing it off. He didn't know, he, he didn't, just he didn't wasn't know your going man anywhere. was the actual journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have been teed up. He probably, he, some, some, some fell around. Some fell around. That was actually me. So just like, this is a bad day. Oh, I don't fucking we, need this. Like. To be fair, it was a fairly established reporter in Calais, so I, I think he did know, but he just dug a hole there that uh, there's no need for that. Uh, but they say that as well. But look, this is, the one thing. Can I just say one, one thing, right? Yeah. One thing on it. Kevin Callan gets sent off at the end of the game, which was pretty. Well, I, I thought it probably was a record. Nearly closed on the head of the, of the fellow. David Caldrick sends him off. Bad end to a bad day for Clare. And the first reaction of the coaches from Clare go over, final whistle, go over, and have a go with David Caldrick over the red card. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like that is not where your that is not where your problems are here, lads. Like, like that is, and I know maybe we said about Davy Burke. Final whistle goes, just you're worked up, but it just looks bad. Like your mm. problems are not with a referee's decision when you're 
13 points down at the end of the game. You know, yeah. bad well, day for them, bad day all round. James, the one thing Claire have needed in the last couple of years when they've needed a win has been to see the green and gold of Mead right. turning up because they've managed to beat them every single time. I will just say, O'Donoghue, when I picked Matthew Costello in my uh, <laughs> dream team 15. Jimmy laughed. No, I didn't. Yeah, oh, you have laugh. the audio. I didn't. We have the audio. Listen to it back. I did not laugh. Can I just... We did. I, just, I said, we put how, have, we got, how have you got to 12 positions before you put in a Meath player? That's what I said. Okay. I've got the tape. Do you want to hear it back? I, don't misquote me now like Glenn Ryan's <laughs> poor interviewer. <laughs> no, I'm not interested. That was incorrectly reported. <laughs> Let me just bring you back to the, to the 69th minute, 30 so seconds on the clock. Mm. 60 metres from goal, Matthew Costello collects the ball from Sean Brennan and he takes off. He beats five players. He gives Sam Mulroy a shoulder to leave him on his hole. He dummies Dermot Campbell in the next move. And with the outside of the left boot, mm. he definitely flicks it into the net. I did say, I got a bit excited last night, I did say there was a Bang of Muggsy's classic against her own off it in terms of the kind of the power and the deftness as well. What did you make of it, James? Pretty I good. thought it was class goal. Th- and to be fair, there was four or five sensational goals this weekend. Like the the, the quality of them was unbelievable. But that one in particular, because he had to show a bit of everything, obviously the pace, but he hit Sam Mulroy, I think, uh, kind of a belt mm. and he, he just collapsed when he was going through. But as he was going in, what, what I was thinking was the most straightforward finish would have been to open up his body and do a kind of a left-footed side foot to that side. That's what I would have tried to go. It would have been difficult. But I mean, but you're not to hit... That. You're not, that's not happening. It's not happening. So to hit an outside... Across, cuts across. Hit an outside the left into the bottom corner was a sensational finish. Like in fairness now, in terms of difficulty, because you're starting that quite close to the keeper. So it's kind of curling away from him. So to hit it with enough pace that it's going... Keeps but going away from the keeper into the bottom corner. Savage. The tendency after a run like that, particularly after a big hit on Bunroy, is you kind of, you lash it. You, you yeah. Smash the ball with your laces. And, and particularly with the angle he's at, I, I agree. I think the inside of the left one isn't really on. He probably would have been blocked down or something. Yeah. yeah so to actually cut across, like he doesn't lash, he cuts it across and executes it perfectly. Like in terms of the time of the game, the context of the game, me needed that. The run. The little dummy, the physicality of it's a brilliant, brilliant goal, mm, I gorgeous. have to say. It was. They and made beautiful still nearly affect the game away. Like, but that yeah. could be that's a massive goal for me for him personally, like what, what a buzz he gets off that. But it's a big whip for me in the context yeah, of the season. Like they yeah, could that's, well, where is that game this weekend? Is it in Avon or is it in Carlo? It's in Navin. So it's another game in Avon. And like Like if me get a win of, there, that, that's that could that if Mead get a win, start their season big time. They're, Kildare are rooted to the bottom there. Mead are probably safe, you'd have to say. Yeah. But coming into that and game after a win and a bit of confidence, uh, that'll tell a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, give, it gives them it a does. It does. Yeah. Like, because if, if you're in, Mead, if you're in Kildare's spot, we better wrap this up, lads. Today, we're, we're, <laughs> but just, just to tee up the weekend, because like, this is a big game. You know, the focus would obviously be Armand Odegaard. Um, Dublin Kerry on Saturday night as well. I know Tyrone, Tyrone Mayo was on telly as well. Yes. But if you're in Kildare's camp, this is a massive game. What, 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 what is today like for them? What, where, 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 do, where do they go from here? With a performance as bad as that, they're getting it from all angles. Glenn Ryan is getting it from all angles. What, you have to think there's some sort of kickback. There has to be. Get. And I'll tell you what they'll be looking at. They'll be looking at the fact that outside of Donald Keoghan, who was brilliant again at the weekend, and Matthew Costello, 
That is a s- insanely inexperienced meat team. There was a clatter of lads who were playing just their second league game at the weekend. I'd say six or seven. A couple of boys making their debut. Um, and you put them up side by side with the Kildare panel and the power and the strength and the size of some of those Kildare boys. It, it is a, an established Kildare side. So Kildare will be looking at this game and targeting it at the weekend. And I know me are coming in yeah. off the bounce of this. Like, it's an, a huge opportunity for Claire, and we will talk about that Thursday. Final one before we wrap up, lads. I want to shout for footballer of the weekend. Um, uh, Paddy, I'm fairly sure you were going to give it to Darrow. No, you weren't. James, you were going you, to give it to Darrow. You, you were for... No. I was giving it to Con. Who are you going for, James? Con. You're going for Con? Because I didn't... Okay, I, 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 the games I saw, I saw Dublin, I saw Kerry, and I saw Galway, Tyrone. So, standout for me there was, was Con. I thought he looked so okay, sharp. Paddy. You, were you talking about the Donegal's Darrow Quayle who kicked Turbis, yes. sorry yeah. okay. Turbis gets a score yes in the second half Mark Mick O'Grady was one of Kildare's better defenders and it's a kick pass in he collects it out about 50 yards from goal turns burns him pushes him off settles himself going he's at full speed settles down clips it over his right foot that guy is a player mm. Mm. He is like he he kind of showed it a bit in the early rounds of the Ulster Championship last year. They really lost faith missing. in him last year, didn't they? And they did, he was kind of in and out of the team. I don't did they, which did was surprising him against Monaghan in the quarter final. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And it was they like some fun games. Yeah. This guy, he he is a player. I think he's going to have a massive season for them. I thought he gets man of the match yesterday, but that score. Just look at that score. Power, yes. pace, composure against the Mick O'Grady's a good defender. To mm. be fair to him. Yeah, and I think he's going to have a big, big season for him. I thought he was brilliant. But if you're giving me a choice between Turpin and Khan, I'm obviously going for Well, the there's one more player to go to the mix. You went for Connerty. the wheel. Was brilliant the first half. He scored four yeah. points. Yeah, well, I, like, I, would, I thought one of you were going for a wheel, so I would have gone for Ryan O'Rourke from Leitrim, who obviously scored that hat-trick in a key game Actually, in Division 4. But I think fair. I will go for Darrow Wheel because... Donegal were misfiring in that first half. Fermanagh were given as good as as Donegal were giving them. And Gallon was missing. McHugh was missing. McBeardy was missing. And if you just see the quality of Darrow Wheel's first three points, it was it was that kind of that Kieran Wheel in pocket for a right footer. The Paddy Andrews corner, you'd nearly say, but just a bit further back. Thank you. And he was just Thank opening you. the body and curling it over the bar against the wind. Gorgeous scores. And then his two goals in the second half. He actually had the crossbar for a third goal. I think he, he palmed it onto it. You saw the Beckham-esque finish, didn't you? Did, yards did okay James I think I pulled the plug last week and made the call and steady I'm going to allow you to make the decision next this week Darrow Wheel Connor Turbot or Connor Callahan. who is the Football Pods Footballer of the Week um, I see I didn't see <laughs> I didn't see some of that action I no, haven't I'm watched not. any of these games <laughs> go, go. do you want me to make I'd rather you make a decision because I have to go with Khan from what I Give saw a decision this week Khan okay yeah, I think it's fair two weeks. <laughs> Paddy James I thought he was going to pick Khan Paddy that's why I didn't go with you Paddy James enjoyed that pod loads to talk about thank God for another pod on Thursday for members to check out and uh, you can also download the Off The Ball app where you get three free listens a month if you haven't used up your February allocation yet you'll get us there on Thursday we'll be looking ahead to a bumper weekend of football once more um there is one thing I wanted to mention, lads, and I, I'm going to put this tweet up afterwards. It's a GoFundMe for a former Mead footballer, Niall Kane from the Simonstown Club. Um, a group of his friends are doing this. He, he's actually, uh, I hadn't realised this, he's actually um, 
got cancer and he's been he's recovering from it at the minute and, and uh, undergoing treatment for the last 18 months. So would have played with Mead up to the last two or three years. Would have been a very good wing back. And uh, I'm just going to put it up there uh, just to go fund me. Um, yeah, I don't think totally. it's been kind of publicised that much so far but the the lads in Simon Sennans Sean Tobin another Mead footballer is, is pushing it and is involved they're going to run a marathon in Barcelona for him um, oh, send that on to me send that on to me I will I'm just going to put it up I'll, t- I'll tweet it during the week as well I just wanted to mention that nice one yeah James Pat, thanks Tommy enjoyed this week thanks buddy there's a lot going on chat Thursday and, uh, boys chat Thursday everybody at home thanks for tuning in and we'll chat to you next Monday or Thursday if you want a second dose to the football pod this week talk to you soon